0: Welcome to the Wise Crone Cottage Podcast with storyteller Kathy Shempock. Here we'll meet the crone and uncover her wisdom as found in fairy tales, folk tales, and myths. For it is true that stories, as it is with many people, become better as they grow older. Know that no matter how difficult your journey has been through the magical forest, the wise crone always opens her door to you.
1: This episode will explore the character of the grandmother in two versions of the story of Hansel and Gretel. I will also try to answer the age old question can Granny be a wise crone?
0: A great while ago, when the world was full of wonders.
1: In my work for the Wise Crone Cottage podcast and blog, I'm always on the lookout for the crone figure found within folklore. This shrewd, crafty character sometimes helps and sometimes hurts the protagonist, most often a young man or woman. Usually it is only those who are able to see, beyond her age and ugly visage, that are found worthy of her counsel. But folktales also portray the character of the granny, This cookie-making old woman is only defined in story in relationship to her grandchildren. These characters surprise us more in what they don't do than in what they actually do, and they stand in stark contrast to the figure of the wise crone. Our exploration in Season 2, Episode 2, gives us one example of this reticent old woman and her grandchildren in peril. (laughs)
0: But now, a story, not in my time, not in your time, but in the wise crone's time.
1: In this episode, I will be reading you the story, The Witch, a Russian folktale. It is a variant of Hansel and Gretel, a story that continues to be popular in our culture today. This one includes the character of the children's grandmother, an unusual development in the story. Once upon a time, there was a peasant whose wife died, leaving him with two children, twins, a boy and a girl. For some years, the poor man lived on alone with the children, caring for them as best he could. But everything in the house seemed to go wrong without a woman to look after it, and at last he made up his mind to marry again, feeling that a wife would bring peace and order to his household and take care of his motherless children. So he married, and in the following year several children were born to him. But peace and order did not come to the household. For the stepmother was very cruel to the twins, and beat them, and half-starved them, and constantly drove them out of the house, for her one idea was to get them out of the way. All day she thought of nothing but how she should get rid of them, and at last an evil idea came into her head. "'and she determined to send them out into the great gloomy wood "'where a wicked witch lived. "'And so one morning she spoke to them, saying, "'You have been such good children "'that I'm going to send you to visit my granny, "'who lives in a dear little hut in the wood. "'You will have to wait upon her and serve her, of course, "'but you will be well regarded, "'for she will give you the best of everything.' "'So the children left the house together,' And the little sister, who was very wise for her years, said to the brother, We will go and see our dear grandmother and tell her where our stepmother is sending us. And when the grandmother heard where they were going, she cried and said, You poor motherless children, how I pity you, and yet I can do nothing to help you. "'Your stepmother is not sending you to her granny, "'but to a wicked witch who lives in that great gloomy wood. "'Now listen to me, children. "'You must be civil and kind to everyone "'and never say a crossword to anyone "'and never touch a crumb belonging to anyone else. "'Who knows if, after all, help may not be sent to you?' "'And she gave the children a bottle of milk "'and a piece of ham and a loaf of bread and, And they set out for the great gloomy wood. When they reached it, they saw in front of them, in the thickest of the trees, a queer little hut. And when they looked into it, there lay the witch, with her head on the threshold of the door, with one foot in one corner, and the other in the other corner, and her knees cocked up, almost touching the ceiling. Who's there? She snarled in an awful voice when she saw the children, and they answered civilly, though they were so terrified that they hid behind one another and said, uh, 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 good, "'Good morning, Granny. Our our stepmother has sent us to wait upon you and, and to serve you.' "'See that you do it well, then,' growled the witch. "'If I am pleased with you, I'll reward you. But if I am not—' "'I'll put you in a pan and fry you in the oven. "'That's what I'll do with you, my pretty dears. "'You haven't been raised gently, "'but you'll find my work hard enough. "'See if you don't.' "'And so saying, she set the girl down to spin "'and gave the boy a sieve "'in which to carry water from the well, "'and she herself went out into the wood. "'Now,' As the girl was sitting at her distaff, weeping bitterly because she could not spin, she heard the sounds of hundreds of little feet, and from every hole and corner in the hut, mice came pattering along the floor, squeaking and saying, Little girl, why are your eyes so red? If you want help, then give us some bread. And the girl gave them the bread that the grandmother had given her. Then the mice told her that the witch had a cat, and the cat was very fond of Ham. If she would give the cat her ham, it would show her the way out of the wood, and in the meantime, they would spin the yarn for her. So the girl set out to look for the cat. As she was hunting about, she met her brother in great trouble, because he could not carry water from the well in a sieve, as it came pouring out as fast as he put it in. And as she was trying to comfort him, there heard a rustling of wings, and a flight of wrens alighted on the ground beside them. And the wrens said, Give us some crumbs, and you will not need to grieve, for you'll find that water will stay in the sieve. And the twins crumbled their bread on the ground, and the wrens pecked it, and they chirped and chirped. And when they had eaten the last crumb, they told the boy to fill up the holes of the sieve with clay, and then they drew water from the well. So we did what they said, and carried the sieve full of water into the hut without spilling a single drop. When they entered the hut, the cat was curled up on the floor. So they stroked her and fed her with ham and said to her, Pussy, great pussy, tell us how we are to get away from the witch. Then the cat thanked them for the ham and gave them a pocket handkerchief and a comb and told them that when the witch pursued them, as she certainly would, all they had to do would throw the handkerchief on the ground and run as fast as they could. As soon as the handkerchief touched the ground, a deep, broad river would spring up, which would hinder the witch's progress. If she managed to get across it, they must throw the comb behind them and run for their lives, for where the comb fell, a dense forest would start up, which would delay the witch so long that they would be able to get safely away. The Cat had scarcely finished speaking when the witch returned to see if the children had fulfilled their task. Well, you have done well enough for today, she grumbled, but tomorrow you'll have something more difficult to do, and if you don't do it well, you pampered brats, straight into the oven you go. Half dead with fright and trembling in every limb, the poor children lay down to sleep on a heap of straw in the corner of the hut. But they dared not close their eyes and scarcely ventured to breathe. In the morning, the witch gave the girl two pieces of linen to weave before night and the boy a pile of wood to cut into chips. Then the witch left them to their task and went out into the wood. As soon as she had gone out of sight, the children took the comb and the handkerchief and taking one another by the hand, they started and ran and ran and ran at last they met the watch-dog who was going to leap upon them and tear them to pieces but they threw the remains of the bread to him and he ate them and wagged his tail then they were hindered by the birch-trees whose branches almost put their eyes out but the little sister tied the twigs together with a piece of ribbon and they got safely past and after running through the wood came out into the open fields in the meantime in the hut the cat was busy weaving the linen and tangling the threads as it wove. And the witch returned to see how the children were getting on, and she crept up to the window and whispered, Are you weaving, my little dear? Yes, Granny, I am weaving, answered the cat. When the witch saw that the children had escaped, she was furious, and hitting the cat with a porger, she said, Why did you let the children leave the hut? Why did you not scratch their eyes out? But the cat curled up its tail and put its back up and answered, I have served you all these years, and you never even threw me a bone. But the dear children gave me their own piece of ham. Then the witch was furious, with the watchdog and the birch trees, because they had let the children pass. But the dog answered, I have served you all these years, and you never gave me so much as a hard crust. But the dear children gave me their own loaf of bread. "'And the birch rustled its leaves and said, "'I have served you longer than I can say, "'and you never tied a bit of twine even around my branches, "'and those dear children bound me up with their brightest ribbons.' "'So the witch saw there was no help to be got from her old servants, "'and that the best thing she could do was to mount on her broom "'and set off in pursuit of the children.' And as the children ran, they heard the sound of the broom sweeping on the ground close behind them. So instantly, they threw the handkerchief down over their shoulder, and in a moment, a deep, broad river flowed behind them. When the witch came up to it, it took her a long time before she found a place where she could ford over on her broomstick, but at last she got across and continued the chase faster than before. And as the children ran, they heard a sound, and the little sister put her ear to the ground, and she heard the broom sweeping the earth close behind them. So quick as thought, she threw the comb down on the ground, and in an instant, as the cat had said, a dense forest sprung up, in which the roots and branches were so closely intertwined that it was impossible to force a way through it. So when the witch came up to it, on her broom, She found that there was nothing for it but to turn around and go back to her hut. But the twins ran straight on till they reached their own home. Then they told their father all that they had suffered, and he was so angry with their stepmother that he drove her out of the house and never let her return. But he and the children lived happily together, and he took care of them himself and never let a stranger come near them again.
0: You may be wondering how I know these old stories, but that is a story for another day. The moral of the story is...
1: Folk tales were told during difficult times, wars and famine and social unrest. In many of these tales, children are mistreated, cast off, or abandoned. That seems almost impossible to believe by today's standards, but if the family could not survive intact, reducing the total number of members made it more likely. In the earlier version of the Grimm's tale, both the mother and the father sent the children into the forest, expecting that animals would devour them. In later versions, the mother becomes the stepmother. Stepmothers in desperate times prefer their own children to stepchildren, who are often overworked, beaten, or starved. Such was the fate of Cinderella, and also the fate of the young woman in the Frau Holo story, Usually, the father is shown as either absent or browbeaten into following his wife's plan. Such is the case in Hansel and Gretel. In the traditional story of Hansel and Gretel, the mother and father send the children into the woods. In the Grimm's version, the father says, What is going to become of us? How can we possibly take care of our poor little children when the two of us don't have enough to eat? The children are naive but lucky. They overhear the parents talking and know they plan to abandon them deep in the woods. Hansel has a plan to scatter white rocks to mark the path. Thanks to their own cleverness, they made their way home. But the stepmother is determined and the children are taken out again. The second time, they only have breadcrumbs to mark their path. When the breadcrumbs are eaten by birds, they find their way to the witch's cottage. The cottage is enticing to children and made of various sweets. Starving, Hansel and Gretel pull pieces off and begin to eat. But this sugar cottage tells us something important. There are lots of children being abandoned in the woods. Hansel and Gretel's horrific situation is not unusual in this story at all. The witch in the tale is hungry and evil. She lives by eating the children who are abandoned by their parents. She is no crone. She puts Gretel to work and wants to fatten up Hansel to eat. Gretel thwarts her plan when she pushes the witch into the oven. It's a purely heroic moment for a young girl in a folktale. The children take the witch's jewels and somehow make their way home. The stepmother is now dead, and they live happily ever after with their father. In the Russian version of this tale, the stepmother sends the children to see someone she calls grandmother. Instead, the children first go and visit their own grandmother. This event is not found in the other Hansel and Gretel stories. One could hope that the grandmother of these children might protect them, as many grandparents do today, when parents are absent or negligent. But instead, she says... You poor motherless children, how I pity you, and yet I can do nothing to help you. Well, that's not quite true. She does actually help the children, but in a very indirect way. She explains that their stepmother is sending them to see a witch. She advises them to be polite and gives them some food for their journey. But what kind of grandmother sets children off to see a witch? Why doesn't she take them in? Is she starving too? Is she afraid to contradict the children's stepmother? Is it too much of an inconvenience? This grandmother has some knowledge, but is unable or unwilling to help, even when the children appear to be worthy of such help. This is not a crone, at least not yet. Perhaps it's because she's allowed life to keep her from that experience. The children visit a witch, And because this is a Russian tale, she appears to be Baba Yaga. She lives in a queer little hut, and it's too big for her own house. Baba Yaga puts the children to work on impossible tasks. If I am pleased with you, I'll reward you. But if I am not, I'll put you in a pan and fry you in my oven, she says. The children are kind and give their food to the animals who help them finish their work. The witch then set them off to complete even more difficult chores. They follow the advice of the animals and soon escape. Baba Yaga chases the children, sweeping her broom before her. In the story of Vasilisa, Baba Yaga ultimately allows her to leave. We aren't certain if she would ever have permitted the children to do so once they completed their task. The story takes a different direction. The crone often gives the protagonist chores to do. The ability to work and complete impossible tasks is required in her stories. It is one way to determine a protagonist's worth. Because Bobby Aga never proves the worth of these children, she appears to stay in witch mode rather than becoming a crone, at least in this story. Finally, the children return home and the father boots out the wicked stepmother. The three live happily ever after. Such is the Russian version of this tale. But, there is something very unsatisfactory in this story, and that is the character of the granny. We like our grandmother's kind and doting, the kind of grandmother we find in literary tales, George MacDonald's The Princess and the Goblin, for example. This grandmother is isolated and separate. She is alone and probably struggling. She calls the children motherless, but makes no motion towards mothering them herself. She appears to be wise and intuitive, at least her gifts prove prophetic, but her action relegates her to the world of rocking-chair old folks who believe that their best days are behind them. She knows these children, but she is not able to protect or care for them, even though the listener desperately wants her to. In the end, her advice and food gave the children the help that they needed. In this way, she acts like the crones who appear on the road just when the hero requires some help. But is she the crone? Doesn't the wise crone character need to portray action rather than passivity or helplessness? In so many of these tales, we see the invisibility of the aged, and we see their vulnerability. In Little Red Riding Hood, her mother sends her to visit her sick grandmother with soup and bread. When the wolf discovers where Red is going, he makes his way to Grandma's house and quickly and easily disposes of her. We remember the stories from Japan, in which old women were left on a mountain just because they were seen as worthless and a drain on resources. This is a vulnerability that is not confined to earlier times. Many of our elders face the same situation as the granny in the story. Over 25 million Americans, age 60-plus, are economically insecure. They live at or below the federal poverty level. These grandmothers struggle with rising housing and health care bills, inadequate nutrition, lack of access to transportation, diminished savings, and job loss. In 2019, 39% of women ages 75 to 84 lived alone and 55% among women ages 85 and older did so. Actually, older adults are more likely to live alone in the U.S. than anywhere else in the world. Many of these elders are closer to becoming Hansel and Gretel's granny than we think. They can't expect their grandchildren to rescue them from this fate. Little Red Riding Hood could not even identify her grandmother when the wolf impersonated her. Obviously, she didn't visit very often. The same is true in many families today. In a world of pandemics and scarce resources, seniors are often required to be isolated and alone. It's easy to feel and be invisible as elders. Yet even when family members and friends are absent, the wise crone remains poised to help the next generation. She's not sitting in a rocking chair saying, I can't and I won't. She does not believe she is too old or that it's someone else's turn. She's still engaged in life and in the needs of the earth. So what does this mean if you are a grandmother seeking to become a crone? It means to stay awake and alert. You are a part of the world and impacted by what is going on in it. When we give up and relinquish our voice to others, we are fated to a future we did not envision. The world does not belong solely to the young. It desperately needs the wisdom of age and an active time of mentoring the next generation. This is especially true today. Remember, if a crone was the grandmother of Hansel and Gretel, she would have taken the children in. Somehow, some way, she would have kept them safe. And magically found a way for all to thrive together.
0: The wise crone knows it's time for you to leave. Your journey home takes you back through the forest. It may at times be difficult, but no fear. Her final words to you are remember to stay on the path. Do not leave the path, no matter what you see or experience. And so it was, and so it is. Thank you for listening. We'll meet again the fourth Sunday of each month. This podcast has been sponsored by Heart Symbol Publishing, where you'll find a wide variety of guided imagery downloads to achieve your goals and enhance your life. This is the storyteller,
1: Kathy Schimpach.
0: This podcast is narrated by Linda
1: Bennett. Music is The Snow Queen by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetent.com Licensed under Creative Commons by attribution 3.0 license Stories by the Brother Grimm are in the public domain.